you found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're going to talk about a couple of things. One is another obscure series that I'm sure no one has heard of called Lodge 49. It's on AMC, a show I'm in love with. And we want to talk about the inevitable, I was going to say Watergate. <laughs> <laughs> the impeachment, hopefully from a slightly different angle than everybody else has been talking about. Mm-hmm. And from our own from particular, the psychological from side. Our, and from our boomerang's perspective. Definitely. And um, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden, aren't oh, we? Oh, yes. And Hunter Biden. Definitely. As I just read a New Yorker article about him that was very informative. So we'll discuss that too. Lodge 49 is a comedy. It's an hour comedy. It is, well, if you took out the creepy bad part of Rosemary's Baby and you marry that with the Big Lebowski, that's about what this would be like. Plus a little of Thomas Pynchon's The Crying of Lodge 49 thrown in for good measure. It is uh, about a, a dude, a surfer dude, who cleans pools. His father owned the pool cleaning business that he worked for. His sister worked for him too. The father died. Some question about whether he offed himself or whether he was eaten by a shark. Big question around that. Anyway, this kind of sets Dud, a.k.a. Sean Dudley, that's the name of his character, played by Wyatt Russell, who is Kurt Russell's son. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds just like him. Doesn't doesn't look all that much like him, except in sort of in in a very basic shape. He should do something with Kate Hudson, aren't they? Are they brother and sister? They're half brother and half sister. Half brother and sister. Wyatt is just the perfect dude. And he is looking for his lost life. He's the one that maybe got eaten by a shark? His father. His father. His father may have been eaten by a but shark. But he's looking for He's looking for his lost occupation, which is cleaning pools. What happened was I'm not explaining this very well. The father left everything to go into basically receivership. He lost everything. He left his daughter with $80,000 in debt because she co-signed a loan with him. Oh. I'm not selling you on this very no, well. No, no, no. I'm open to it. I'm just trying to get a, I'm trying to grasp it. I'm not getting the part yet, but I know I will, about when you say he's trying to get a handle on his life again, or get his life back... His life, not in the sense that he's dead and coming back to gain no, a life. His but father's in the sense shop that, is closed, and so he doesn't so have... So he's been thrown out of business. Yes, he's been thrown out of business, okay. exactly. So they've been thrown for a loop Yes. by the father's death and the financial arrangements around that. Exactly. Got it. You get it. Okay. You get it. So okay. he comes across this Elks Lodge. I mean, it's not exactly an Elks Lodge. I'm not sure what it's more like a Masonic Lodge. Okay. Is it, a, is it male? It's, it's co-ed. Okay. I'm sure it started out as male, but right. it's, it's co-ed. And he has this transformation in this lodge. And there is a cast of characters in there that's kind of indescribable, one of whom takes a real interest in him. I, I'm not doing a very good job on this. Oh, I, no. It is very, very hard to describe. You're doing fine. But I just want to encourage you, if you're looking for something new and really, really different, as I guess that's the one thing that I can say I'm doing is describing a really, really different show, this is it, boy. This is the one. It marries the surfer guy and the metaphysical yeah. and the spiritual. Is there something about witchcraft in it or something? Because you said Rosemary's Baby. I meant that I was looking for something metaphysical to wed it with. Okay. That it isn't, that's really black magic is right, Rosemary's right, Baby. Right. I was, no, this one is more like mixing up 
these two worlds and shaking gently. Okay. And somehow the alchemy of it brings out the specialness of right. all the so characters. So it's kind of a character you wouldn't expect to be drawn toward anything kind exactly. of spiritual. But he finds At himself all. kind yes. of thrown into it. Yes. And the Lodge has it. its own history okay. and its own set of skeletons okay. and its own weird logic. So, Well, uh, that appeals to me because I'm uh, recovering from toxic religiosity around metaphysical religious training. Well, in that case, you may like this. I think I might. It has to do with nights. And anything that can awaken old resentments <laughs> is always a draw for me. <laughs> well, I would encourage you. It's on AMC. It's okay. called Lodge 49. Okay. So when I watch it, my jaw drops. I huh. just can't believe how amazing it is. Huh. Well, I Give trust you, you you have pretty good instincts with these well, things. Well, thank you. I, I'll check it out. Yeah. Shall we go on? No, let's talk about Moby Dick. <laughs> no, yes, let's go on. <laughs> okay, so we are going to now dip our toes into the water of the impeachment. Oh, God. The psychological aspects. Maybe maybe Hunter Biden is the way into the psychological Let's talk part about him. It. All right. And then he, you said he has a, there's an article on him There's an article the on him in The New Yorker. It was from, I think, May of this year. Oh, really? Yes, before any of this started. Oh, okay. And the title was something like, Will Hunter Biden bring Joe Biden down? Something like that. Yeah, but it was a preview of where we are now. Yeah. Now, as most people know, Joe Biden had two sons and a daughter with his wife. His wife and his baby daughter were killed in a car accident right after he had been elected. So he was elected oh, wow. in November. They died instantly mm. in this car accident. Mm. And the boys were injured. So his family rallied around and took care of the boys. The boys became incredibly close. They were born, I think they were a year apart, but very, very close in age and very close emotionally. Mm -hmm. Bo apparently was the one who was more like Joe and had an affinity for politics and seemed to be someone who was going to follow his father into politics. Right. Hunter was the more artistic one, and he took writing courses at Penn he eventually got into law at Georgetown and then went to Yale. Had a girlfriend. She became pregnant. They had a child. They stayed married. Had another two children after that. But the real struggle, two real struggles that Hunter had were, one, his addiction to alcohol and drugs, mm. which, I mean, reading this story, all I could think was cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm. The times that he tried, the ways that he tried, signing himself into rehabilitation facilities, treatment centers, treatment yeah. centers and then getting out and immediately starting up again, right. even though he gave honest efforts to getting clean. Right. It eventually broke up his marriage. Right. The other thing that worked against him somewhat was that he didn't really have a career path the way that Bo did. Bo had gone into the military and then became attorney general for Delaware. Hunter had these enterprises that he formed with various people, primarily the son of Teresa Hines, who is married to John Kerry. So I don't, I, his name might be Alex Hines, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. There was another, a third partner in his most dominant enterprise, and that man's name was Archer, whose distinction was that he had been an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Huh. Yeah. So the three of them went off and created a holding company. And Hunter sort of thought of himself as someone who could go into various countries that were trying to do business with the United States and help them along. Um, China was one. 
Ukraine was one. Okay. Uh, through a number of circumstances, some of which I remember and some of which I don't, and most of which are beside the point, Archer ended up on the board of this gas company in Ukraine. It was the biggest gas company in Ukraine, and it was run by an oligarch. So Hunter was then asked to be on the board. He was paid $50,000 a month to do it. Mm-hmm. What really sort of came to light in this article was it wasn't that his father opened the door for him. He didn't. Mm -hmm. This was all Hunter's doing. Mm -hmm. But simply the fact that his father was the vice president of the United States Mm -hmm. and Hunter had his last name, these oligarchs and people who had, you know, were the heads of industries, one of which was a bank in China, Mm -hmm. they wanted whatever Hunter was offering and were willing to pay him for it. Now, there was a prosecutor. I have to back up a little bit. Ukraine, unlike Russia, is a country that has been blown sort of by the tides of politics right. since its beginning. And war, I guess. And war. Like overrun from people on either edge. Exactly. Like Poland. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And they've never had a Putin or a Lenin or a Stalin right. or a leader that was really corrupt or uncorrupt, but someone right. who stood for the country. And who was native to that country yes. rather than an invader from the East or the West. Yes. And so corruption is just rife. Now, Obama wanted to get the, I guess it would be the attorney general, or the prosecutor of Ukraine, they wanted that person out because they suspected that he was corrupt. Okay. And they did not want to be giving their money to Ukraine right. only to have it go up in smoke through so all of these corrupt he's the ones. one that should have been tending to the right business practices, but he was... Crooked. He was crooked. So he was replaced with someone who now Trump doesn't like because that person is no longer doing his bidding. The deal with Hunter Biden, he also was buffeted by the fates. There was a time after Bo died when Hallie, Bo's widow, and Hunter got together. Now, that happens in grief circles a lot. People who are grieving understand each other's psychological pain Mm -hmm. and tend to gravitate toward each other. So much shit rained down on them that they eventually split up after a very short time. Mm -hmm. Hunter has now remarried and seems to be happy. We'll see. I don't know exactly what he's got. Again, some kind of financial company or corporation that's doing business. But he really kind of has pulled back in order to give his father room and give his father as much credibility as possible. So that's kind of the story of Hunter Biden, leaving out a lot of the details. But his journey has been one to try to make good on his family name, mm-hmm. but beyond that, to become clean and sober. Mm-hmm. He seems to be clean and sober right now, but right. he has fallen off the wagon innumerable times and in a spectacular ways. There definitely is uh, enough grist there Right. For someone to point a finger and mm-hmm. say, what about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. But in reality, there isn't anything untoward that they did or illegal. It's slightly unethical just because mm-hmm. he was trading on his family name. Right. But it wasn't a case of him being placed there by his father, by his father opening doors for him. That just didn't happen. Or by the crooked oligarch or whoever he was that was... In that position. Well, the crooked oligarch liked his name and liked the idea that 
So he was he responsible for hiring him? Um, or he was put on the board. Yes, he wasn't hired. Oh, that's right. He, he was, was named to a board. Yes, but he was put at a but he was paid. lucrative salary. Yes, exactly for that. Well, it looks like nepotism and favoritism and white. Yes, white connected privilege, and it probably is. It is, but the irony is to have Trump point a finger at Joe Biden. Oh, of course, of course. After. Yeah, all no, of what he's laughable. gone yeah. through with Jared and yeah. the sons, yeah. and Ivanka, who's now right. got these Chinese labels that right. she's doing, right? Licenses, yeah. Um, well, it's a natural part of the world they operate in, you know, to have those connections and to and to trade off them. Yes, but it, I would think it bears no, it has no bearing on the stories about Ukraine that are coming up around impeachment. It has nothing to do with Trump, that, but like. Chris Lavoie said on this Jeffrey Miller show today, it doesn't look great just... On the face of it. I think people are just sick of the favoritism. Yes. With Trump as well, except mm-hmm. for the 30% who who like him. Oh, that are Trump space. The Trumpers, yeah. Uh-huh. Although the impeachment numbers in favor of are going up, surprisingly. Now, when Richard Nixon was impeached, only 19% of the public were in favor of impeaching him. When they started impeachment hearings? Yes, wow. when they started the hearings. Wow. And you know what got Nixon was really the tapes. Mm-hmm. When they had the smoking gun. Right. And the Saturday Night Massacre. Right. So he was hoisted up on his own guitar. Yeah, it happened very quickly after that. Once those tapes came to light, mm-hmm. that was it for him. Right. Yeah, so Trump's tapes are the whistleblowers, I guess. Because suddenly these strands of these stories that make perfect sense are coming out and they're they're dramatic and they're powerful and incontrovertible in their seriousness. Do you think that it's understood by, do you think that it's either understood or of interest to the majority of Americans? Or is it just more noise? That's my question. My feeling is it's gone past the noise level. There's been this just constant parade of more and more stuff coming out and more and more witnesses coming forward or yeah. about to come forward. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if average Americans, whatever those are, um, are hooking in so much to the details of the story or the accusations. I think it's the the volume and steady flow of stories of corruption that have reached a critical mass where suddenly it's like a glacier that didn't move for centuries. Yes. Yes. And then suddenly something just dislodged yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And suddenly it's this different thing that it wasn't before. Yeah. And it fascinates me because we've all struggled, those of us who call ourselves progressives, we've struggled and suffered with this idea of like, there's so much that is wrong. And yet we're like Cassandra, we, we yell, but nobody will hear us, you know? And suddenly the story has taken on a weight. It's, it has accumulated and developed a weight that has become undeniable and unignorable. I could be wrong, but that's my sense. I hope that's the case. What I am amazed by is, I think I'm going to be saying the same thing that you are, but that the corruption, it was so monumental. The behavior was so vulgar and embarrassing. Right. And it just went on Nothing and moved. on and on. Nothing moved at all. And yet he just went over that line. Mueller testified one mm-hmm. day. He made that call with the idea that, well, I got away with it once. I can right. get away with it again. Right. And that was where... Where he stepped over the crack. Yeah, yeah, he overplayed his hand. Yes, because he was he was in a good space in a way. And now it's just driving him crazy. Yeah, and I think too his reactions 
are so weird and it's an insult to children to call them childish. (laughs) They're just so uber defensive and they're so transparently indicative of someone who feels really guilty. Yes. You know, and is terrified that it's the jig is up, you know. And I think I think people are responding to that too. The the tweets have always been outrageous, but now they're kind of like crazy. Well, we've thought they were crazy for a long time, but I think they're becoming more consistently like pathological. I don't read the tweets. I hear them when That's what I, I hear about them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I don't I don't actually have a Twitter account. I don't I, no, mean, I, I do, don't, but I never go on. I don't it. look at that either, but he basically made a veiled threat against the whistleblower. He's saying, you know what we used to do with traders? Actually and maybe they, we should go back to those days. That was not against the whistleblower, it was about the person who gave The person the who informed him. Yes. Or her. Because it was right. being misrepresented that he made it against the whistleblower, but in reality Reality. Yeah, it was about whoever talked. Apart right. from that. Right. But it's still so crazy outlandish. And I don't know. I, I've learned not to allow myself to get excited. But And now there's stories about that um, he may want to cut a deal where he'll resign in exchange for not being prosecuted. And so... Where did you hear I've that? heard that today on, on Tom... No, on, I heard it on... I Tom think it was Hartman? on her show and on Tom Hartman. Yeah. There's rumors of that that are coming and I don't, I don't know the sources. But I just know that's in the conversation now. I always thought he'd resign. He'll not- resign because he wants to get out clean. And... He wants to cut a deal. He will want to cut a deal, they're saying, under which he will resign in exchange for not being prosecuted and not having his kids prosecuted. Yeah. It's Ivanka. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he could care less about Eric or... I guess not. Don Um, Jr. I feel like it's moving and we don't have to try too hard anymore. I mean, we obviously we have a, a, a responsibility to stay informed and follow what's going on and yeah. raise our voices if we feel a need to, but it, it feels like it's taken on a life of its own in a good sense. Well, I certainly felt that when Nancy Pelosi said what she said. I love no her. One is above the law. Well, yeah, and she said something, I don't have the direct quote, but she said this isn't about the president, this is about defending the Constitution of the United yes. States. And now I do see, I think I see the wisdom in her instinct, if that's what it was, to wait until there was a sense that this is bigger than a political grudge. Well, it's something that it doesn't need, as she said, it's a story that can be told. Oh, that's true too. It doesn't need to be explained by this person went here and had this meeting and they were going to meet about adoption, but it really was about Hillary Clinton's dirt. That's right. You know, all of these little Mm -hmm. tentacles that were part of the Russia story. Yeah. You know, another thing that I've come to believe is that congressional hearings are for the most part a waste of time because the way they're formatted allows for such obfuscation and such grandstanding and it's built into the process I get it but there's no real means to have powerful testimony unless a witness is determined to provide it but it's not like a courtroom where you can pull information out of a reluctant witness I think those committees are almost powerless against non-cooperative witnesses well there's nothing they can do there's there's no way you can't and even if they get testimony that's damning to the other side the other side can throw these big dramatic history like happened with the Kavanaugh hearing, yes. where suddenly everything's just thrown into disarray, yeah. and it's like nothing happened. One thing was, I didn't see the Corey Lewandowski hearings. Mm. I listened, but I saw, oh, okay. I saw I saw video clips after, but I listened, and listening was almost worse than watching. But wasn't there someone who came in who was yes. a professional? They uh, had an attorney yes. who did a half-hour examination of the guy after all the congressmen were through. Right, and didn't he do a better job than absolutely. anybody else? Absolutely, absolutely. And there was some discussion that they were going to have an attorney right. on hand. Yeah. 
And the Democrats wanted that. I think they wanted that for Kavanaugh, but they weren't provided it in, in the Senate, you know. Yes. The Republicans brought in that woman. Right. That horrible woman. Yeah. To question Blase Ford. Yes. But they couldn't bring a lawyer in, I believe was the case, to cross-examine or I examine I wish I knew more about the process Kavanaugh. in the It's so much Congress. about... Well, I th- what I'm seeing is I think there's so much, it's so steeped in tradition about so-called respect for the office of these, what used to be all the white men, now it's at least it's mixed now, but those people with the title of Congress, those elected officials are given a lot of deference. So they're given their five minutes to ask their questions. and Or bloviate. Or bloviate. Yeah, and they don't, uh, they're not necessarily effective. Yes, Devin Nunes, case in point. Yeah, but yes. the inspector general's coming in to testify this week. He's the one... Oh, yes, the one who wanted to get to the Congress. Who said this is credible and yes. urgent. Yes, oh, he is. So, yeah, he's coming in. And I heard and the whistleblower. they're going to get the whistleblower in, too. Behind closed doors. Behind a curtain or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think, I think there's, like, the landslide is happening. Well, do you remember watching the Watergate hearings? Yeah. And how dramatic those were? I mean, right. from the get-go. Yeah, but it became dramatic. Didn't it become dramatic when John Dean went to testify? Yes. And John Dean wanted to tell his story. He was reluctant in the sense of, I think he, you know, he felt... Well, he knew his career was going to go down in flames, too. Right. So, but there was some integrity there where he was willing to come forward and testify. Where so far, most of the people that have come in have been... Unwilling. Yeah, have been reluctant witnesses. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing about Don McGahn, Mm -hmm. is they want Don McGahn to come in. Yeah, but but he's not going to be John Dean because he doesn't care. He doesn't care, and he has no investment in right. coming forward. Well, what do we think is going to happen? I think things are going to move forward. The thing is, I love, I just love Nancy Pelosi. I, I trust her. My view is, if she got Obamacare through, yeah. then her instincts yeah. are impeccable. She is. And she knows when, how long to wait, when to move, if to move, you know, whether when to, strike. To, to strike. Exactly. And she wouldn't be moving this thing if she didn't know a lot. Stuff that we don't know yet about. She said the um, amount of stuff. Yes, the amount of stuff. That's all what that's I'm going to come. About. Even the last couple of days, there's been more and more. Well, you know, there's he that called server. The, he called the prime minister of Australia to try to get weird favors done. And I heard there's another whistleblower from the IRS. Yes, that's right. I heard that too. Yeah, about auditing the president. Something to do with that. Yes. So I don't know. I want to extend this out to what would happen if it got to a vote by the Republicans. What I heard was that Mitch McConnell may not bring it to a vote, in which case, I mean, given that we may have a deal with Donald Trump to leave and then we'll have a, the misery of a Mike Pence presidency for oh, yeah. a year or so. But that's not that we can deal with a year. I can deal with a year. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> now that I think well, about it. A, yeah. The de- frying pan. The devil you know. Or frying pan, fire. Better the devil you know. You know than the, the devil you don't know. Something like that. That. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, we were talking about oh, the, if it comes to a vote in the the uh, Senate. Oh, right. That Mitch McConnell may not bring it to a vote. Right. In which case, that would be not the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. because They'd Democrats be would simply as say inactive on something that needed to be acted on. Yes, and the Democrats in that case wouldn't be saying, "Well, we lost it." Well, today he said, if it's referred out of the House. 
we would have to, the rules would require us to bring it forward in the Senate. McConnell said that? Yeah. But I mean, that's baloney too. He may intend to do it. He may have political reasons why he would think that would be advantageous to his side, but it's baloney for him to say that because it was also his responsibility to put Merrick Garland to a vote. Yes. And so he was, yeah, so he he has the power to ignore the rules. But all of a sudden today he was like, oh, well, the rules would require it. Well, he's saying that because he knows that they'd win in the Senate. The Senate would support Trump. But if people start to peel off, and what I heard today was, it's really going to be about the numbers. That's going to be interesting. Someone said today that if it was an anonymous vote, that you'd already have 35 Republicans. That was Flake. Flake said... Oh, yeah? Actually, Mary Harris said, referring to some some other article or some mm-hmm. someone else speaking, that if it was anonymous, you would have 30 Republicans voting against Trump. Mm-hmm. And Flake said, I don't think that's true. I think right. it would be 35. Listen, does the fact that it's now an official named impeachment inquiry mean that Democrats have more subpoena power for Trump's tax returns than than they had before? I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that, oh, because it's an impeachment. Well, but it would have to relate. The tax returns would have to relate in some way to this particular set of facts. Well, but they will relate, perhaps, when the Putin transcripts come forward, if they do. Because... Oh, yes, that's very true. will dovetail with Trump's financial condition and arrangements. Let me ask something, though. If people were so exercised that they came to this whistleblower, this former CIA operative, and said, this conversation is trouble. Well, if there were other equally damning conversations, which Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that there are, Mm -hmm. but we haven't heard about them. Mm -hmm. There wasn't another whistleblower culling these pieces of information from various other mini whistleblowers. Right. So that's what leads me to wonder whether there actually is anything as damning because nothing else has come forward. Well, we'll find out. But um, I mean, I, I certainly think that on that server, there must be things that yes. are jamming. But there are always so many people on those phone calls and the aides and other people who were, you know, whose hair was on fire right. about the Ukrainian right. president conversation. Well, it's a good question. Maybe the answer might have to do with, again, a, an issue of critical mass getting reached. Maybe this whistleblower came forward because there had been so many other things in addition to this. And this was like a lot. Maybe this wasn't the only smoking gun. Maybe it was playing with metaphor cliches here. But instead of a smoking gun, maybe it was a last straw for this person. Okay. You know, maybe they know of other things. But it was like, well, it's just gotten okay. the volume okay. and the severity has gotten beyond. This might have had just colors that the other ones didn't quite Yeah, have. or or it, it was in combination with all the other stuff. This was like, okay, this has to stop now. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But see, I think if there's going to be a link between Putin's leverage over Trump, Trump's need to mollify Putin and something in his tax returns that show a financial reason why he feels so beholden. And that would be a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> I mean, I was. I hope so. I, but again, like like I said, we felt this way before, and then we were stupefied why the country didn't respond. No, but it does feel different this time. It feels like we've kind of come out from mm-hmm. under the earth right. and looked around right. and said, "Oh, the sun is shining." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on this ride with us. Yeah. We appreciate you listening. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, boomers. And others. And others. Bye.